I am Madison Timmons. I'm Chris Susie. And we're paranormal specialists who live in the most haunted city on earth, Savannah, Georgia. Every day is Halloween in our line of work, so join us as we spin true tales of haunts, murders, and disturbing Savannah history. I'm Madison. I'm Chris. And, and welcome, welcome to, to the most haunted city on earth. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the most haunted city on earth. My name is Madison Timmons. I'm Chris Susie. And JT is off in the technology. He doesn't have a microphone today, so so we'll we'll say his dad jokes for him. He can just tell them no, to we us. We can't keep up with that pace. Uh, yeah, sorry. his brain moves too quickly for us. But um, you might notice we have more people here at our little seance table today. <laughs> Woohoo! Um, also, if you haven't noticed, if this is the first episode you're watching uh, in this space, this is our new little studio. Uh, we're going to be continuously decorating it with more haunted objects. And actually, Patrick and Courtney here brought us same, some graveyard dirt from the Devil's Tramping yeah, yeah. Ground. Ooh. Please right. throw it gently. I am not very coordinated. Um, I'm going to pull it out of its little packaging, but yes. They brought us some treats, some spooky treats. So we have a shovel. Mm. And Le Dirt. Courtney actually harvested this herself. So very, very fun. Um, that is one of the objects that will be going on the walls. Uh, allegedly, we're getting Ouija boards and dolls as well. And that's it's fun. Yes. Yes. So. So there you go. Stay stay tuned for that. I'm just gonna hold my shovel for the rest of the episode. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, Courtney and Patrick are actually from the Paranormal Society of Savannah. You've seen Patrick before. Courtney, is this your first time on the show? It is. Yeah. So um, they recently went and did an investigation at Black Salem Church, which is honestly the creepiest name for a church <laughs> you could possibly pick. I know. I'm like. Doesn't that seem like against the rules? I don't know. I like, was thinking the same thing. We pulled up and looked it up. I'm like, this is not right. They, they asked for the hauntings and yeah. stuff. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, also, y'all just went to the Lizard Man convention? In Bishopville, South Carolina. Very there nice. There you go. All right. Well, um, before we get into today's episode, we'll get uh, we'll talk a little bit about those experiences as well. But this is going to be another installment in our Hulaween series. Hulaween. Hulaween. Yeah, we've it's rehearsed. It's become a tradition. <laughs> it's become a tradition. We've rehearsed it. So. Um, <laughs> hey, very organic, actually. <laughs> yes. It, it really wasn't planned for the first episode that we filmed, and then all of a sudden it happened. So it's here now. But anyway, so um, for that particular topic, we're going to be talking about Judd Trail and Jackass Ginger Pond, which is basically considered the second Morgan's Corner. So if you haven't listened to Morgan's Corner, um, that episode, go listen to that first and then come back. Because they say this is like the baby sibling right. of Morgan's Corner. Morgan's Corner um, two, two junior, junior. <laughs> so the sequel. The sequel. Um, so before we get into that, tell us about your investigation. What brought you out there? Uh, so we were going for the Lizard Man Festival. Uh, we've always wanted to go, and uh, 
So anytime we go to an event like that, uh, we're always looking for places nearby that's supposedly haunted. So Courtney is our little fact checker and and nice. getting on there and trying to find the most creepiest and the <laughs> most haunted place around and she found that church and i was like let's go for it so as soon as lizard man was over we went back to our hotel rooms freshened up and headed right back out very nice that's fun so what's like the main haunting with that church so you got three supposedly haunted you know spirits that roam you got a eight-year-old boy who is said to be at the very front gate. You can see him crying. You can also hear him. Uh, it's also, uh, you got the Southern Belle, who's at the back of the graveyard. Uh, no one really knows exactly. She, she's just a lady. Sure. Just all they say. Can't really say nothing about her. Um, but she is also known to cry, and she talks. Hmm. She's very talkative. We didn't capture her this time, but we also uh, heard that the priest of the very first church that was originally there also haunts the cemetery because his family was killed off by the plague. Oh. So he's the last standing alive, and apparently he resorted to uh, rituals and went against God. So he was, mm, yeah, that's the story. It's very well kept up. Really? It is. Yeah, very very well. Um, The the cemetery itself, when you first walk in through the gate, we've got a couple videos I think we've Mm -hmm. posted um, that as soon as you come through the gate, it's very eerie. Even though it's it's so manicured, it's it's a weird feeling you get the further you walk back. It's like you're walking back in time. Wow. Yeah. And one of the uh, – we were doing a little EVP sessions, and uh, we had one of the cat balls with us, and we asked it, you know, if, if there's anything here, you know, can you – and it went off. And just to make sure that um, Courtney didn't move or whatnot, she tapped the uh, – I'll sit on the a bench. bench. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the, the um, uh, concrete bench. And it didn't go. So we made note of that, like, hey, you know. And then she asked, was that you that did it? And the REM pod went off. So, mm-hmm. um, and then, you know, for a while, we were getting great stuff for five, ten minutes. And mm-hmm. then it just quit. Quit. Wow. Just quit. Kid goes love the cat balls. It's the, oh, best, yeah. it's the best thing for mm-hmm. him, I swear. Because it's th- a toy. It's recognizable. Yeah. 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 Especially an older. The boo bears yeah. are really good, too. Boo yeah. bears freak me out. I don't know. Tell I me just about it. I, that speak? Uh-uh. Oh, no. God. And, and the boo bears only go back a certain distance in mm-hmm. time because the regularity of stuffed animals and things like that is like, yeah. uh, where does it fall? But a ball? A ball is, right. you know, has been oh. around forever. You know, <laughs> there's there been balls, you know, that children played with for a long time. So as a toy, when mm-hmm. you start thinking of, like, yeah. Think objects that can relate to children, um, and you think about is it past a hundred years? Is it past two hundred years? Am I looking at like a colonial era? Mm. Yeah. You know, ghost. Do you know what? What can I say that makes sense to them. to them? Just right, like a, a box, of right, like whatever electronic yeah, exactly. device you <laughs> yeah. got on the table. Here's a ball. Here's yeah, literally. You know, a, a tin soldier. Here's you know. Oh yeah, yeah, you know, I never even thought about that. A soldier. Tin soldier. Yeah. yeah. Now we. We couldn't stay after dark because there are signs everywhere mm. that says can't be here after dark. We will prosecute. Mm. So, you know, sometimes we're kind of like, okay, well, you know, we'll stay until it kind of gets dark or whatever, but there's cameras everywhere. everywhere. Well, everywhere. And that tells you a lot so, right there right. because yeah. my guess is they had to do that because. exactly. In fact, it got vandalized. So right, come exactly. to find out it mm. got like badly vandalized about 2017. 
it was awful. So after that, they kind of got really into the I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's that tells you a that the stories were compelling enough right. for people to go out there. But people don't generally have uh, a lot of respect mm -mm. for the property. They mm -hmm. show up and they're like, I'm going to get a piece of a gravestone from a haunted yeah. cemetery. Right. Uh, that's actually what happened at Colonial Park Cemetery. The reason why we lock it at 8 p.m. is because of just mass vandalism. The 80s were, were so full of people breaking in. Yeah. And there are stories of like people like literally pulling bones out of those crypts and stuff. And that's a like, great way to get haunted. That's a great yeah. way to get haunted. Yeah, it's a really yeah. good way. Well, and the um, for those of you who go to Colonial Park Cemetery, there are these things that kind of look like rooftops, and they mm -hmm. are. They're, they are rooftops because it actually goes down in the ground. There were, uh, as late as the 80s, I think you could actually walk down mm -hmm. into them, um, but they filled them up. <laughs> they they yeah. were like, no more of that. that. We, we, don't, we don't want people to just kind of have access to these. You know. Yeah, and that's cool. And, you know, so we kind of sent a letter um, next time we, we go next year, we're, we're asking permission if we can sure. go after dark, you know. Right. Uh, we carry insurance as yeah. well, just That's in great. case. That's you so know. smart. Yeah, and, uh, you know, we try to, to do everything by the book, you know, and um, hopefully they'll they'll agree to it or they may say, no, we've already got enough attention out here. That's so, true. Which sucks, you know, that's, that's one of the hardest things is, is uh, where do you draw the line between honoring and exploiting you know, and, right. and, and, and the fear of, well, we don't want everyone in the state to show up in our small little community, you know, cemetery, especially right. if it's still being used, especially if it's still, you know, an active cemetery. The, the cemetery is, and the funny thing is the church, we went by like around 10 a.m. when we were leaving uh, just to kind of get a few more pictures and whatnot. And um, there was no service. So there's they don't no have active services. there. Yeah, there's no active know. service, sure. but you know, we respected it. We came, took some photos, and just came back to Savannah. So, sure. interesting. Sure, but sure, the lizard sure. man is the main reason why we went. You know, I had an experience. Oh, you know, Ooh, like, a lizard man experience. Yeah, it's like eighty-seven, eighty-eight. I was like fifteen years old, and uh, I grew up in in Georgetown. And um, there was nothing to do back then. It was not like it is now. So there used to be this old dirt road that you could go into the back way of uh, Force, the Force River, mm -hmm. you know. So that place wasn't built, but they had a dock that was built back there, and it would take us about an hour, hour and 20 minutes to get there. We're carrying, you know, fishing poles and and uh, uh, nets and things. So we, we did this several times. One night, uh, one day we went, me and a couple of buddies, and we were coming back. It was starting to get dark. So we were trying to hurry up because you, you're cutting through the woods in the marsh, and we come, and my buddy says, what is that? And, you know, we were like, what? And he said, that. And we looked around the corner. I thought it was an alligator walking on two legs. Mm. I, I honestly did because there's alligators everywhere. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, it stopped, looked at us, and made a dash for the marsh, hit the water really hard. We dropped everything and took off running. And when I remember looking, thinking, it's going to come get us. Um, I saw the the water rippling. So we got back home, and my dad was like, where's my cast net? And I was like, it's back at the – he's like, you better go get it. I'm like, no. And <laughs> so he went back with us, and uh, he saw the tracks and everything. And, again, this is 87, 88 in the summertime. Sure. And he was like, wow. you know. And he saw the marsh laid down and everything, so we grabbed everything and left. The funny thing is a few months later – 
there was this uh, news report where this teenager was, I guess, changing his tire or something late at night, and this lizard creature attacked him, attacked his car. I remember that. And yeah. I was like, oh, my God, that's exactly what we kind of saw. So, you know, that was my little experience. And, um, you know, he didn't come after us or anything like that. But, you know, and, and a couple other people back then said, yeah, you know, they had seen similar things. But what we had noticed is that river actually runs to the PD and it runs straight down to like the skateboard swamp. So we kind of put all those things together a couple of years ago and we were like, we've got to go. So when they started the festival back up after COVID, we were like, we got to go. So we went and uh, yeah, we met some really cool people. Awesome. Very nice. Yeah. So what, uh, what exactly is the, uh, the Lizardman festival like? I mean, what, 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 what is their, you know, major, uh, draw pull uh, is it people sharing stories is it a well uh, you know the the town is split like there's a lot of people that we talked to and they were like yeah we don't believe it you know sure. uh, this is bull right and uh and, and we get it you know they don't want like that kind of attention but it's lots of friendly atmosphere um we had a nice little table set up uh we sold some lizard man t-shirts you know our you know from what i remember of what i saw and uh everybody was real friendly you know, they were selling lizard man items. Um, it, it was a great little festival. They had a little parade. And next oh, year, I think so we'll, we'll try to get in it. Yeah, it was a little that's parade. Adorable. You know, yeah. you had little lizards, you know, little kids in lizard <laughs> suits walking around. That's and awesome. It, it was a lot of fun. I got to be. Yes. I will. It's on their Facebook page. I love actually. it. Yeah. yeah. One of the things, though, this guy was selling lizard man statues. And oh. I, but he sold out. But I'm big into Bigfoot. Oh, sure. Right. So I had to buy the. Bigfoot and uh, yeah, telling my wife I had to make sure Courtney and Miss Sharon was with me when I was telling her I just bought a Bigfoot that weighs about three hundred pounds. So. Oh no, oh, yeah, a oh. big Bigfoot. <laughs> that is a massive foot. Yeah, that is a whole a whole foot. Which one? The the, one. the wombat? No, no. The Come, he, come here and have a seat in my seat. Wait, wait, wait. Wombat. Yeah, so JT's seen wait. a lot of critters out in um, Georgetown. Go ahead. So Tell I also somewhat grew up in Georgetown because of uh, uh, I went to Savannah Arts Academy and whatnot. And so from the from our front window on Rice Mill, I saw it was like super, super late. I saw this gargantuan it looked like a massive alligator, but it was too big and too high up to be an alligator, but it walked on all fours, and I could not tell what it was. And it was just the most ridiculous thing. And I was like, there's just no way anyone is going to believe me. Yep. Like, there's just no way. So I just didn't really, you know, uh, tell it. And now I have this show. But, yeah, <laughs> now I can tell it on this. No one judged well, maybe me. maybe you didn't but see the, the, the lizard. The well, you know, and that's just interesting because, you know, Georgetown got built up so much, yeah. but there was a time when it was a, a maze of dirt tracks and, and, and weird little buildings that were just out there and, and, and falling apart and, yeah. and the old dock that would, you know, was obviously a part of someone's property, yeah. but, you know, you couldn't tell, but it'd be the perfect place to hide, you know, True. for these, exactly. you know, if, if something wanted to be out of the way, there was a time. But it, uh, it got super secluded. built up now. Yeah, it, 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 it was back then. There was dirt roads everywhere. Yep. 
Um, there was one way in Georgetown, one way out. There was, it was blocked off right at King's Grant, and you couldn't go any further. Right. And me and my buddies, we had nothing to do. And then where the Mormon churches and uh, there's like a dollar uh, general now and all that, that was like a humongous hill. I don't know if you guys I, remember that. It was I do. a humongous yeah. hill. We'd go up there and play, you know, King of the Mountain and stuff, skip school, go up there, you know. Like, Look at those suckers going to school, you know. But, uh, <laughs> but, you know, we that was a place for us to hang out. We played war and stuff, but we would see the weirdest things all the time. Mm-hmm. And the things happened because, you know, like you said, rice mill and everything, uh, that's where a lot of the plantations were, a lot of the Indian tribes, uh, you know, Native Americans and things. So they just kind of bulldogged them up. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. And build houses all around yeah. out there. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot of spooky stuff in, in mm. Georgetown. You talk to people in Georgetown. Well, it was the you. outskirts of, of town is where people who did not want to be found lived. Right. Uh, right. You know, I spent years looking for a witch's cabin. Uh, in that, in those woods, in that network of woods, you know, because we had heard, you know, through through urban legend, through people talking, that there was this old ramshackle shack out in the middle of the woods in yep. the in the Georgetown wilderness. You Did know, you find it. Um, we weirdly enough, when they when they were doing the uh, big push to turn that into a huge community, we went out and so everything was was torn down, and we came across uh, the cellar of a building. Something had been knocked down, but there was a cellar, and it was full of, like, pages and pages of, of old books and things. And it was just like, this might have been it. You know, this could have yeah. been it. Right. So down Grove Point Road, the yeah, only Grove thing that was Point there Road. was uh, a, before it was, it was a shop and go. Yeah. And, um, you know, that was the only place to go. And we would ride our bikes way down there and sneak in sometimes, you know, Grove Point. Um, and then the caretaker would always you know, chase us off and stuff. But there was the weirdest thing, me and a couple of buddies that's on the team, um, we, you know, we used to go shrooming and stuff and, and he would come out there and he actually shot my buddy in the butt with rock salt, uh, Brian and Brian tells the story all the time. Yeah. You know, it, he, he will shoot you. Yeah. But his son, when he would get in trouble, he was a buddy of ours would make him go out there and dig holes and we were like, why does he make you do that? And he said, he thinks Blackbeard's treasure is buried out oh, here somewhere. I'd heard. So yeah. he was digging holes everywhere because he was always in trouble. And um, 
when we got older, about what, three, four years ago, we got access in there. We talked to four somebody at, at Great Dane, and they were like, absolutely, like the caretakers. So we were able to investigate. Courtney's got a really good story. With, well, one of the first major ones with you guys when I joined the team. Yeah, she's got a great story about uh, Grow Point Plantation. If you guys ever Grow get Point, access, I've been out there many times. So, yeah. yes, uh, that's an that's a, that's a episode all of its own. Yeah, absolutely. We can do that, yeah. Well, um, we're going to go ahead and dive on into old uh, Judge Trail. Um, but let's start out. Um, so y'all have not been to Hawaii at all. Have you been to Hawaii, Chris? I have not. Okay, great. We're all on the same page here. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> oh, well, yeah. Well, JT's barely counts because JT's like, I'm in Hawaii. But I'm like, you, you were like an infant. So it doesn't count. Your body has been there. Your, your consciousness. Your was, consciousness was, was not there. You to catch up. Um, but yes, yeah, so where is it? It is just on the other side of the Nuanu uh, Poly Lookout, which is AKA Morgan's Corner. Um, it's only four, uh, 15 minutes away by car, so just up the road. It's a very popular kind of swimming hole like sort of deal. Um, but it is called Judd Trail and Jackass Ginger Pond. Mm. She's honestly like the best name, and also so, so is it just like a mean spirited redhead who just stands <laughs> over the pond? Maybe like, get away from my pond! Uh, it's that jackass well, ginger. So here's the thing: is um, that area is really like a great place to go forage ginger, like wild ginger. So I'm wondering if like maybe it's really hard to forage the ginger, or maybe the ginger it's is a special just, breed of ginger, maybe. maybe. Did some country folk just go out there and say, you know what, we should call this? Yeah. yeah. But um, it has been deemed the second Morgan's Corner because it rivals it with the amount of accidents and mayhem that has occurred. Um, I was kind of filling Patrick and Courtney in on just how uh, deadly Morgan's Corner was. And there were, in five years, 200 accidents just in two miles. Two miles. And Debris, you can insert this again. Uh, two miles? <laughs> Question mark. Debris is our editor, if you don't know who I'm talking about. But she'll enter, insert the fun text above me. So uh, what really makes this deadly is what they call the death curve. And same oh, well, way with uh, Morgan's <laughs> Corner. Maybe they should just stop making roads to this area. Right. Um, but it is... Uh, as the use of automobiles kind of became more common, so did the tendency for speeding, um, resulting in a lot of auto crashes. And Hawaii's many winding roads kind of became hazardous to drivers who weren't paying attention. And that included the road that ran through Nuanu up to Pali. Now, in the 1920s, improvements were made to that road. Um, the road was widened to help ease some of the sharp curves, same way that they did with Morgan's Corner, of course, but doesn't make it any less dangerous. Still on a windy road. Very, very windy. Um, and today at the fork of Nuanu Poly Drive, if you veer left, you'll be on Old Poly Road and continue about a half a mile and the road ends at a fence and a gate. The road was closed here and traffic was diverted to protect the area from Nuanu uh, reservoirs two and three. Following Nuanu Poly Road to the right of the fork, the road takes a more meandering track as it now seemed to follow the topography and the path of the Nuanu stream. So everything is kind of based around the nature. They're like, oh, look how scenic and pretty it is. Doesn't matter how horrifyingly well, dangerous. Have to twist a road around just to keep from, you know, interrupting. Exactly. Or you could just leave it alone. 
Right. Yeah. But yes, so the winding road in Nuanu, once used by horses and carriages, became a deadly turn uh, that in, uh, injured countless numbers of unwary motorists and claimed numerous lives. Just above the hairpin curve at the lily pond and waterfall, again, maneuvering around all the pretty sides, I'm like, just hike to it. Yeah. I think that may be a, a, better, a better choice. But numerous accidents occurred at a place that newspapers referred to as the death curve. As motorists sped down towards Honolulu from the Pali, they lost control at the sharp turn in the opposite direction coming from, and then in the opposite direction coming from Honolulu. Drivers would slow down as they drove through the twists and turns after the country road, uh, club road, and then coming out of the hairpin turn and seeing a short straightaway, they'd step on the gas. In either case, bad brakes or failure to slow down, poor lighting in the area, cars crossing into the center of the road from the opposite direction. There were so many reasons as to why people were wrecking. Um, and a lot of these resulted in death because you're in a mountain. So, of course, if you're wrecking on a small road in the mountains, yeah, it's very likely you're not going to make it through that. When their cars uh, careened out of, the, um, out, of the, out of control, they'd often either hit a tree or roll off the road into a 20 to 50 foot drop. It's brutal. Yikes. <laughs> it's brutal. In 1931, the city began work to remove the death curve by Reservoir Number 2, and the reservoir is commonly known today as Ginger Pond or Jackass Ginger. And the neighbor, or the newspaper reported that the sharp corner just above the horseshoe curve was being trimmed about 15 feet to provide a wider turn. The entire road improvement was the result of intense flooding, not the deaths, but the flooding no, no. <laughs> during a November rainstorm the year before, and they needed to widen the spillway and divert floodwaters into the Nuanu stream. Construction of a bridge for traffic to go over the spillway was included in the project. And driving up the Nuanu Poly Drive and after coming out of the S-turn, passing the Ila, uh, Ilanawai, uh, again, Throughout this whole series, excuse my intense butchering of the Hawaiian terms. They're going to come back and haunt you. They will. They will. I'm going to get stomped by a death or a night marcher, not a death marcher. Death marcher, <laughs> death marcher is a much more frightening thing. right? Yeah. Now. But uh, the condos on the right and then Pali Hiwa Pal or place on the left of the road bends a little to the left and you can come to a short concrete bridge. So on the left of the bridge is reservoir number two. The spillway, in case of flooding, runs under the bridge. And just before the bridge is a shoulder area for parking and clearing that leads to a hiking path. So if you still want to go see all those pretty sights, you can hike to it. Right. Um, should have started that way, maybe. But many people say that they get a weird sensation around that bridge. And at the start of the trail, they, they feel sick or even panicked. Mm. And the sharp death curve that claims so many lives and the new spillway created after trimming the road is now the start of a hiking area popular with residents and visitors alike, but it's also the beginning of the Judd Trail. So, death at the bridge. Fun times. So, although the traffic um, through Nuanu Pali Drive was now lighter, there were still a few accidents resulting in injuries and deaths. And one of the biggest ones was on Memorial Day of 1955, Shinguru Sakoguchi died in a crash just before midnight. His car smashed into the bridge at Ginger Pond after failing to make a curve above Morgan's Corner. So. There you go. Um, then there was a suicide at Jackass Ginger. 
multiple actually. There were only two incidents that have been uh, reported, so could be more, but there were only two incidents that were um, reported suicides in the area. A decomposed body was found hanging at Jack Ash Ginger Pond. Mm-hmm. And in June 1991, a badly decomposed body was found hanging from a tree just beyond the falls at Jackass Ginger Pond. The body was thought to be a, a suicide of a homeless man from Date Street who was recently evicted. He reportedly disappeared three months before he was found. But that's just on the trail. Um, now, murder at Judd Trail Bridge... There's murder, too. Murder. It just gets worse. It yeah, does. Yeah. It just wow. gets worse. Like, oh, by the way... In case you thought that we're going to stop there. Exactly. So on September 13th, 1986, the body of 26-year-old Clayton D. Toshi was found hanging from the bridge located along Lower Nuanupali Drive near Jackass Ginger Pond. A cable looped around his neck and tied to the bridge suggested he might have committed suicide. The whereabouts of Clayton's car remained a mystery and no one could account for how he got to where his body was found. Clayton Darwin Toshi who lived in Kaimuki, was a sales clerk at Petland, which, if you don't know Petland, uh, oof. <laughs> that's a whole different uh, true crime sort of story. Petland, yeah. At Ala Moana Center, he was reportedly last seen leaving a nearby Kiamoku Street bar alone on Tuesday, September 9th, and his body was found hanging from the bridge around 7 a.m. Wednesday morning. Despite his bare feet and his hands being bound in front of him with a towel, police considered this to be a suicide. That doesn't seem possible. Bound. Why would you bound your own hands for yeah. Right. Suicide? I, that seems... Meh. Maybe to... Meh. I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, that, that seems wrong. <laughs> yeah. So a notice was put in the newspaper that the police were looking for Clayton's car, a 1982 Plymouth Sapporo two-door sedan. And the car was silver with a black roof, hood, and trunk, and highly polished, they said. On Saturday, Clayton's car was found. Airport parking attendants making routine checks for overdue rentals and abandoned cars had locked Clayton's car as being parked before 5 a.m. Wednesday. That just screams murder at that point. It yeah, literally. Yeah. the airport. Come on now. Well, yeah. Well, so, and the thing is, is his body was found at 7 a.m. on Wednesday, but his car was found at... Uh, at five. Yeah, um, that mm, that no, doesn't. Nope, mm, nope, no, 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 doesn't that, jive. That's not tracking. Anyways, they notified police that the car matched the description published in yesterday's advertiser. Detectives said that Clayton's wallet was in the car, but his keys and other objects were missing, heightening suspicions of foul play. Another request by the police was printed in the newspaper asking for any information on when the car could have pulled into the airport and parked. And on Tuesday, September 16th, one week after his death, police classified Clayton Toshi's hanging as probable homicide. Nearly two months later, on November 11th, 1986, police released a sketch of a man who may have been involved in the murder of Clayton Toshi. Police said that Clayton was last seen by an acquaintance between 1 and 2 a.m. on September 10th when Clayton and an unidentified Caucasian-looking man were seen entering Clayton's car. That's not enough detail. <laughs> we're going to need a little bit more information. Um, it was parked at the Kalakoa um, Avenue, uh, on Kalakoa New- Avenue, um, near Queen's Surf. The man was described as being in his late 20s to early 30s, about 5 feet 10 inches, has a medium build, light-colored hair, and a fair complexion. He was wearing blue jeans and a light-colored long sleeve shirt. 
Nothing more was heard about Clayton Toshi except for a January 2nd, 1987 recap on the 22 unsolved killings on Oahu during 1986. They say that a place uh, will carry a psychic imprint of a person that died there, and this might be the reason why people get such a creepy or uncomfortable feeling around these areas. Now, some paranormal encounters include, especially near the bridge, people uh, get a deep sense of dread and sorrow. Uh, people who are sensitive to spirits specifically have a hard time being anywhere near it. There have been reports of people having um, mental breakdowns, panic attacks, um, feeling an overwhelming sense that they're going to die, especially if they're psychic. Um, and there have also been reports of seeing multiple men hanging in trees. Feels very reminiscent of the Aokigahara. Um, right. Uh, I was know. just about to say that. You know, there's something uh, uh, very familiar uh, in the in the sense of that dread and that overwhelming sensation, and then the hangings, because hangings is such a specific type of death. You know, right. It's so very. Um, it, it, it's not the most common of of suicides, and and when you hear somebody committing suicide by hanging, you're like, whoa, that's you know. That's that's beyond impulsive. You know, you don't rapidly <laughs> hang yourself. Right. You know, it, it doesn't happen because of, of an opportunity. It's it's a plan. It's a it's it's an action that takes steps to complete. Especially if you're going to a place specifically to do it. Um, and that's that's interesting that people get that sensation because it seems like. And we talked about this um, at the first Morgan's Corner. Is it seems like the land itself has you know, just bad juju, you know, that mm -hmm. it, it, the land itself may be sacred and, 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 and thereby all of this building of bridges and putting down roads and, and, and cutting into it has, you know, made the place unsafe for people to traverse. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, and it's interesting um, because I feel like there's a couple things going on here um, because with Morgan's Corner, you know, what our consensus was is that it felt like because it was the site of a massive battle um, for basically there was like a battle of like 1,200 soldiers that were fighting in that one area. It felt like almost that same logic, you know, maybe there's something to do with the land. Maybe the land's revolting against people and that's why so much is going wrong in this one area. But this is making me think, because there were also two suicides reported in Morgan's Corner, only 15 minutes away, is there not some type of a vibe? You know how with Aokigahara, they sure. say, like, when you walk in there, you start to get disoriented. You start to feel um, a deep sorrow, a uh, feeling of hopelessness and whatnot. And that's why, you know, there have been hikers that are said to be completely mentally sound going yeah, into it, and then they never come back out. I wonder if there's not something going on kind of like that sure. with this area, because it's still technically the same mountain in general. It's just 15 minutes down right, the road, down the mountain. So, so I wonder if maybe that's also some sort of sign with the, the land spirits sure. that are just being punishing i don't know that's so well, there's even the the concept of like ley lines and, right and and just that energy that pulses through an area that is that is the governing force of the area that 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 leads to people committing atrocities or or or, or doing away with themselves so it's an interesting concept that this this little stretch of road you know it's it's, mm -hmm. it's the same road yeah. 
you know, the, the Morgan Morgan's Corner uh, was uh, a, a road of, of just tumult and murder and mayhem. And then just 15 minutes away, you've got the same stories, the same kinds of stories happening, you know, in this concentrated area. They're all suicide by hanging too, which hanging. is really it, uh, bizarre. Again, uh, you know, maybe it's it's there's a cultural thing going on that you know we're not privy to. Privy to, right? Um, but yeah, hanging death is uh, especially s- doing it yourself because it's that's mostly strangulation. You know, you're probably not breaking your neck. Um, you're probably slow death. Yeah, exactly. it's 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 it's, it's a, a painful death. You know, it's a mm-hmm. you know, a, and and with that kind of suffering, when somebody suffers, especially at the moment of their death, that suffering absolutely uh, bleeds into the environment. You know, and um, and oftentimes when somebody or something suffers into death, there's a there's a track to the point at which they cross or they, you know, whatever your theory is. Uh, and that door, when it opens, is 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 basically you know right on the other side, or all these things wanting to come in. You know, <laughs> it's right. like you're on your way mm-hmm. out. They want to come in, and there's all this food left from your suffering, all this energy and all this uh, power left by you. You know, hanging and and knowing you're going to die. That that concept. Um, a lot of people uh, when they think about like sacrifice uh, uh, as a part of ritual. They don't realize that that the real key to sacrifice, the ritual itself, is so that the door between worlds is being opened through the ritual, not 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 the, the moment of death, but through getting the vibe, the sensation, the understanding that the the next world is coming, because you're you're basically drawing energy from the fact that somebody or something is about to cross through. And then when when the when the sacrifice happens, the door opens, and you have access to energies and powers and things that are that are right on the other side. Um, and and you know, given the the long history of, of humanity, we've kind of learned not to do it. You know, we kind of stopped doing it because it was a common practice in almost every faith, even Christianity. Uh, you know, in its early phases, were sacrificing animals and were a part of that tradition, but I think that there's a volatile, you know, uh, reaction and interaction that can come from that kind of behavior. So uh, over time, we're like, you know, maybe this isn't a good idea. Right. <laughs> Seems like every time we do this, uh, you know, we get some kind of mayhem that, that befalls us. So if y'all were going there to investigate, what would your thought process be of, like, what's going on haunting-wise? Yeah, well, to me personally, you know, Besides the history of it, I would find out uh, why these people were going there in the first place, mm. um, and it could be something to do with like a like a possession. Um, Interesting. So sometimes some people may be feeling a certain way. Um, so I think going in there having a positive vibe would help. So maybe I'm not saying these people did that committed suicide. Um, we're having these kind of thoughts, and then the possession or the voice or whatever they were hearing on that trail or whatnot was telling them, yeah, do it. You know, um, to me, I try to keep a strong, um, faith of, of what's going on. Um, I try not to go in with any negative thoughts or, you know, anything that, that, that presence or entity can use against me. 
right? Like I try to put up a brick wall a lot of times when there's a supposedly uh, demonic or anything where people have committed suicide for whatever reason. I try to put up that brick wall and try not to let them get inside my head. So I think what I would do, definitely carry protection with you, uh, whatever it is. I carry St. Michael with me because he's an ass kicker and, you know, I, I want him <laughs> I with love me. It. You know, I mean, I'm I, I, I Oh, no, I believe me. it. And uh, so I keep him with me. And uh, that's, I mean, Courtney, I know she, she does little things too to, to help her with some of the things you do, Courtney. Like, I'm a big believer in selenite. Oh, I love sure. selenite. It's selenite great. Is like my number one, it's, I have a big old rod of it in my case. Right. Everywhere I go, it goes with me. Just something I carry. Yeah. I feel like body cameras. Interesting. Take you some body cameras. Yeah. That's a good. That's a that good way, idea. Even if you want to go for it, have one on your back, have one on your front. That way, whatever you're seeing that you can't see behind you, they'll probably capture it. Axon. So I say go with the body camera. <laughs> Axon, you want to um, sponsor some paranormal investigators? This is your time. Um, <laughs> I love that idea, actually. That's really fascinating because if there is something that's happening around you, you could always watch back the footage. Right, sure. yep. that's, exactly. That's great. Because a lot of times... You know, what gave us the idea is a lot of times if you get in that little tug, right. or if you get in that little feeling, or somebody is like, oh, dude, something was right behind you, it'll capture it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we've been lucky and captured a few things by having, you know, double uh, body right, cams on. I love that. And it, and it helps. So, Jay, we should we should order some Axon body cameras and try that or, out. Or oh, that's All true. That's true. Yeah. yeah, we used to have a 360 camera, and that would be crazy to have that set up and just see what happens. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I completely agree with you that, like, going into a place like that, it's very possible that people are getting swayed or things of that nature. Because um, we were talking about that with Morgan's Corner Part 1. A lot of people report seeing shadow figures mm. and um, these kind of lower residual energies and the things that are desperate to have some type of identity. Um, you know, and this is not to scare people if you see shadow people. Like we said before, a lot of times you just, uh, they're just there, you know, whatever. But um, they can also be dangerous at times because they can get so desperate. They are looking for that that feed they want to be fat ghosts but they're not fat ghosts they're skinny ghosts right. <laughs> well, well chris, it's, chris it's, loves a good well-fed yeah, ghost exactly. so yeah so be careful um the the concept being there are so many people who have experienced completely fictional ghosts they've seen and experienced and had these these interactions with you know in the late 80s and early 90s the number of people who encountered freddy krueger True. You know, the people who, who swear that they saw him, that, that he was in their room, that and technically if you're paying attention to our long going hat man series, Freddy Krueger is a hat man. He's a, a shadowy figure wearing a wearing a fedora. You know, um, and it's because our consciousness adopts certain fears and certain notions and then those spirits that are around are like Oh, you want to see Freddy Krueger? Okay. You know, you, you will interact if I look like the thing you want. You know, you see a shadow and you're like, ah, it's a devil. It'll do everything it can to be demonic for you. So it's like, oh, okay, this is the communication. Mm -hmm. You sent to me, devil, 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 and I'm I'm go, okay, I'll do it. You know, if you're like, ah, it's Abe Lincoln. It's okay, I'm honest Abe. Here's my top hat. Let's go. Um, so it is one of those things where spirits 
are highly opportunistic, you know, especially the shadow forms because they've lost the identity that they had in, in, in life uh, or, or they were never alive to begin with. Uh, and when you, you know, going with positive energy, going in with a positive mindset, going in with, with, with faith guarding you, having these items that, that bolster you and strengthen you, give you an opportunity to avoid feeding the ghosts, you know, giving mm -hmm. the ghosts something to, uh, to interact with. Uh, because that's really all, all of it. All the warnings we ever have are about forming the, the ghost bond you know, making the ghost or, or the spirit or the entity or whatever it is, giving it some identity that, that, is, it, that doesn't necessarily, you know, matter uh, to them. They're, they're not interested in what they look like. They're interested in you, you know, in connecting and being yeah. connected. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, it, it's, it's so interesting when you come across stories where you're like, oh, well, this place makes people feel despair. And it, if you have despairing thoughts... You're feeding the spirit. You're giving that spirit. Right. You, know, right. you know that makes you know all the more danger to the area and to the element. You know, um, yeah, weird. And they never caught the guy who. Uh, That's what, is who it a cold case file now? Mm -hmm. That's yeah. what I was thinking mm -hmm. about. It's got to be a cold case. It file. It is. Yeah. They um, last time they brought it up, it was an unsolved mysteries sort of, Oof. like one of those offshoot unsolved right, mystery sure. type shows. Uh, that was the last time it was brought up, but no, nice. never found him. But so my guess is he got on a plane. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so that so y'all missed the serial killer episode that we just filmed. Oh, um, it's not <laughs> uncommon uh, with these uh, with Hawaii. They don't find the killers, and we were talking about they're probably tourists. Uh, That's exactly. exactly what we're saying. Exactly. We're saying destination killers. You know. Yeah. You know, it's actually opportunity. Right. I'm like, and I'm not endorsing this. Do not say that I'm endorsing this. <laughs> but you know, if I was going to kill somebody yeah, she picks <laughs> <up> <laughs> her tiny shovel yes. specifically uh but yeah if i was gonna kill somebody i'd go somewhere desolate that i was never gonna go back to and they probably never find you especially thinking about you know this was later or earlier you know the 80s and stuff so easy so to get away that now right With security and your background check yeah all cctv that. all the good stuff you know cameras everywhere yeah it's no, not a good time to be a serial killer nope mm-hmm mm. Well, there are still. Let's stop talking about how, <laughs> how to be an effective serial killer. I, I'm sitting here going, well, you know, actually, you could. No, you can't. Stop it. Stop it. We're not Get serial a hobby. killers. Yeah. No, we just like to go where they went. It's fine. Mm. But, you know, it's the logical part. Right. It's interesting. It's um, a puzzle. Yeah, but no, they didn't find it. Um, yeah, Hawaii's got a bad track record. They they never found the Kauai serial killer. Oh, um, you missed the story. We we just told a story where the uh, the killer killed a woman, went to jail. They were like, ah, eh, he's not that bad. Let him out. He goes out. He mm -hmm. kills a woman. They put him back in jail. He admits like, to it too. Oh yeah, he turns and 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 pleads guilty. And then they're like, you've mm -hmm. done your time. Gets out. Kills how a third. How long ago did he just? Yeah. How long was, was he in jail for? Not long. Not long. Um, not long at all. And, yeah. and it was it was so upsetting because every time it was like. Who is who is on the parole board going? Eh, two kill two people. Yeah, yeah what's I, one more? Well, in the, is that, it's a three strike system. Well, and the <laughs> thing was, is the last time he had to beg, he was like, "Please lock me up." Yeah, he do went, not let me out because right. he was aware that what he was doing was bad. He went to wow. to the, so, the hospital was like, "I'm I'm going to do damage," and they're like, oh, "We'll keep you under observation." You're fine. Are you sure you're fine? I really hate that woman. You're fine. 
And then he mm. goes and kills somebody. He does. And you're like, oh, that's not good. He's a homicidal maniac. Exactly. Um, so Hawaii's got a lot of stuff Is he going in jail on. Now? No, he's he dead. Died. Oh, okay. yeah. He, but he, he did die in jail. No, he, he? D- he technically he was incarcerated, was but he, was, did he die or was he killed? He was no. he was yeah, dead illness. from illness. He, yeah, um, yeah. although they said it was an undisclosed, undisclosed illness, you know how he died? Mm-hmm. Like just oh. no, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I know that's bad. No, that's okay. You're you're in the right company for those types of jokes, <laughs> but you know it's just. It's funny. Um, no, it's not funny for these people. It's not funny. But, you know, it's just interesting that I can't wait to visit this area just to see what it actually feels like. Hopefully we make it back alive because there's a lot of... Uh, <laughs> Are they still building onto this section? Mm-hmm. Why? Yeah, you can go to it. It's really easy. Um, yeah. Well, apparently it's a very beautiful area. It is. Okay. Did it ever like occur to someone like, "Hell, oh, it's too beautiful. Let's not mess with it before it pisses something off." Well, that's well, why the ginger jackass is there. Yeah. Get out of here. Yeah, it's just jackass oh, ginger. Probably has an Irish accent. Get out of here. Or it could be groundskeeper Willie. What? <laughs> oh, why? 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 It's it's called the jackass. All right, why it is called Jackass Ginger Pool. Originally named Kaulilanawai, or Tranquil Water, the pool was renamed after a donkey that lived in the area nearly 100 years ago, and as well as the plentiful ginger plants that line the riverside. That's cute. Don't eat the ginger? Of course. I'm sure he did. The the Jackass Ginger. It's it's the ginger for the jackass. I love that. That's a great... That's very sweet, although Tranquil Pool... Not so tranquil. Jackass <laughs> ginger. <laughs> you know, I mean, we don't make the rules. We don't name the things, but yeah, that's cute, though. It well, is I cute mean, they couldn't call it, it ginger ass. So could they call it donkey ginger or burrow ginger or are there not better the, words than the jackass? He, the hee haw ginger pool. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like you're just asking for trouble. Yeah. Come yeah. on down to Jackass Ginger Pool. Yeah. You know, that's see okay. how long you can hold your breath, and then it became very dark. Very and this quickly. very dark. Yeah. yeah, and that's just it. You know, on top of it, it's like, oh, that's cute. Uh, why are there people hanging in the trees? Right. Well, we're gonna be going there. JT and I will be going there. Um, <laughs> Segway. So, so I'll let you know um, <laughs> if I see any hanging people. Tell, or... tell, tell us all about it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean. We're, we're going to have a good time. You know, we're driving in a big Jeep, too, which I'm very concerned. Oh, You're going to do some off-roading? Oh, yeah. Kind of like a perfect getaway. Right? Movie. Right? Yeah, You've seen that, that movie? movie? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Love it. I mean, yeah, we're going to have a big Jeep, so we'll see. Hopefully, we don't run off the road. Because that was the biggest thing with these roads, is they were saying um, if there's a big truck coming at you, you kind of can't do anything about it. Mm. That's, Excuse me? Oh, yeah. 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 I hope 18 wheelers aren't allowed. Mm -hmm. You know. They um, probably have concessions for size. Right. That would make sense. I would imagine. uh, And the island is not that big. It's not. On on top of everything else, you know. uh, And something also worth noting is that there is worldwide a belief that most ghosts cannot be on the water. 
that uh, and a lot of people believe that you know even moats were early deterrents for ghosts that can't cross over. Some people believe that the haint blue color That's is, right. is supposed mm-hmm. to be like a water barrier. The idea of it. So islands, especially islands that are isolated in a vast amount of ocean, are magnets for every spirit that had died at sea. You know, they they mm-hmm. they, they come ashore, um, with the exception of ghost ships. You know, those those interesting anomalies which are also hyper powered because they are keeping the spirits off of the water so you know it's it's an interesting thing to think that you know these small isolated islands in the middle of a vast ocean are just like the pinpoint of all this supernatural energy all this paranormal activity is is just kind of pushing down onto them so, yeah. so do you think that the reason why, besides the hanging suicides, the reason why there's so many spirits hanging from the trees is because they can't land in the water? They gotta yeah. go. There you go. Yeah, I don't know. Well, hanging from a bridge is really interesting because I don't. Is. I'm not familiar with with that notion because uh, we get a lot of of suicides even here in Savannah on the bridge. We we, we, were we just get a lot of people. About that last week. Um, mm-hmm. And and they jump to their deaths. You know that is a, a common. Uh, trope of tall bridges I'm not I you know I'm trying to I'm racking my brain for people hanging themselves from bridges because the amount of work to hang yourself from a bridge that's that's hard yeah it's hard to even imagine like going through the trouble of 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 that you'd have to like rig it I guess underneath the bridge and then climb back up and then throw yourself exactly that seems or choke you know doing the choke right which Again, is 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 heartbreaking in a lot of ways to to think of somebody being in that much turmoil that they will face that much yeah. pain. Right. You know. Well, and I think a lot of times they're they're by themselves. Of course. So again, you guys are traveling together. Just kind of look for little things. Yeah, like pay attention to each other. Too. He's yeah. getting really irritable, or she's you know not as happy as. You know, just little things, and you can tell, you know, so when we're on investigations, we can tell, like, hey, you okay? You know, because you get a certain look sometimes, you know, or they're getting aggravated or roll their eyes, and typically, you know, we don't, we joke around a lot. So we always try to pull each other over and go, hey, you know, let's let's go outside and get some air or something. You know, because you can tell when somebody is not getting a possession, but they're getting irritated because there's something and nine times out of ten they'll tell you hey i saw something or you know that wasn't right so yeah you know just kind of keep an eye on each other that's Uh, one thing you know we never investigate alone you know it's not a good idea it's not because again you could some could tell you hey why don't you jump off this cliff or something and i don't know you know plays with your mind yeah that's true it's true yeah, well, well, we'll be there. I'm the most susceptible of anything to ghost hangovers. That's yeah, for real. Those are ghost terrible. Hangovers. We, oh. we call them paranormal hangovers. Yeah, yeah. we hate them. Yeah, after Washington, Georgia, after the the Estes methods, I was like, I I might die. That was a pretty insane <laughs> night. <laughs> that was a lot. Um, but yeah, so we'll we'll keep y'all updated on how uh, how it goes, and we'll especially keep y'all updated. Um, yeah, cool. With, with how it is. But thank you guys so much for uh, listening to today's episode, and thank you to Courtney and Patrick for joining us today, <laughs> and telling us about their experiences and giving us our their two cents on. The Morgan's Corner 2, which is super fun. Um, But 
hopefully you enjoy the rest of Halloween. Uh, JT and I will be in Hawaii. So if you obviously you have got on caught on with that. Uh, but yeah, if you want to actually see these locations, we're going to be live streaming for the para junkies over on Patreon um, at Morgan's Corner at Jack S. Ginger Pond, all that jazz. So if you want to see that, go ahead and hop on over to Patreon so you can get access to all that. Of course, with all the other fun things you get. So with that, though, my name is Madison Timmons. I'm Chris Susie. And stay spooky, y'all.